This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And now your host, TJ. Okay, and here we go with the special edition of the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. I'm your host, TJ, tonight. And frankly, it's we're two days into this quarantine world we live in now, and I'm bored and wanted to talk some soccer. So I reached out to a couple friends and got a couple crazy enough to join me with the pod. And if you can hear me in the background, you can hear my baby girl as well, who should be asleep, but apparently is not. So you might hear her talking along. So joining me tonight, I have... The one who classes up the week-to-week pod, we have Alex. Hello. And then making a return trip for the first time in a long time, I have the host of Seriously Loco, which is uh, El Paso Locomotive Podcast, and two Red Gringos. We have Phil Baki back to join us again. TJ, so, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for inviting no. me back on. Oh my God, it's it's the the pleasure is mine. This has been, like I said, I I've been sitting or following Twitter, going through everything all day, flipping through, watching sports on repeat, and watching what sports are still live. And I'm like, so the first thing was, how much has it changed since we did the pod on Thursday night? Much less on Wednesday night. It's the the soccer landscape and the sports landscapes changed exponentially, and kind of what. I want to talk about that, and then I want to get into, well, what do we think of the leagues of Europe, if presuming they don't restart, and I really don't think they will? What, what do you what do you do with those? And then also, as things get canceled and this goes longer, what are you guys doing in your time? I mean, is it FIFA? Is it football manager? Is it watching old games? What kind of things ideas do you have to go out there? So that's what we're going to kind of cover tonight. That's where I want to go, and if we want to talk about anything else, we can talk about anything else you want, because that's my pot. I'm paying for it. I really don't care. So that said, when we talk going into the weekend, I believe at that point England was about to cancel. Mexico was still playing with full stadiums. Uh, um, Australia was playing with full stadiums. And was there anywhere else that was still going at that? Brazil. Germany Correct. hadn't canceled yet officially, but now they have. Okay, that's right. Germany was rumored to be doing this weekend and then and then shutting down. I believe was including the derby. Which is being missed out on. So, since then, England, the 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 English flip, the English football league canceled, which is the Premier League all the way down to League Two. The cha- the national leagues, national the conference and below, most of those leagues did play though. All of Europe is shut down for the essentially right continental Europe, other than Russia, I believe. Russia, I believe, is and Serbia is still going for now, but behind closed doors, and I think Hungary. Okay. Australia wound up playing behind. I don't know if they played this weekend. They were behind closed doors. The W League had their semifinals in front of full crowds this weekend. Those games are still actually on ESPN Plus. And the final will be played this weekend behind closed doors. I'm also a fan of Australian rules football because I found that got into that with uh, midnight feedings of my middle daughter and this one too. And they are playing, the, the AFL women are, are in season and they're playing behind closed doors. And the men will start the season behind closed doors as well. So, and now Mexico, as of tonight, was shutting down after tonight? Yes. Is that correct? 
Yeah, scenes uh, uh, with the the empty uh, Azteca with Corona sponsorships all over the seats. <laughs> kind of, kind of. I, I saw you posted that and I retweeted it, Phil, and I thought yeah. it was awesome because kind of like <laughs> it kind of sums up where we are right now. Yeah, um, it, it's it. I don't know. It's almost too fitting. It really was. Uh, so obviously, I. I Simply, simply put, these are wise decisions to shut these down. It sounds like even in the leagues where the players are playing, um, I saw, I think it was East Lee, which is English conference, was uncomfortable with playing. Um, Brazilian players were uncomfortable with playing. I hadn't heard anything about the uh, League MX, but it's uh, obviously that's the right choice at this point. I hate to say it. Um, but it kind of leaves a lot of questions with the leagues that – are on the FIFA calendar, the fall spring calendar, because we're getting to the end. So what do we do with these leagues? So what do you guys, we'll leave, we'll let you guys get into this one. We'll start, we'll start with the one that you, I mean, you guys are both big premier league, league fans. I know Phil, like I said, you're the host of a Liverpool podcast. So you're a Liverpool yeah. fan fan. You're in the pole position, Alex, you're t- you're a Chelsea guy. You're sitting in champions league spot. So yeah. Would, and Alex, I know we talked about it Thursday, and I know Phil will agree with us on this one. Is there any question at this point, just because of the the amount of points that the head they are, the fact that teams have won with 82 points, that Liverpool should just be named the champions and be done with it? So in 80,000 football manager simulations from this point onwards, Man City won the title once, and Liverpool <laughs> won the rest. So I think at this point, it's, it's, it's a safe bet that Liverpool will win the Premier League and should be rightfully crowned champions. Yeah. Now, I, go ahead, Phil. Sorry. I'm, I'm just going to say that I, obviously it, this is, this feels um, correct in terms of uh, being a Liverpool fan and having gone through seasons uh, like 08, 09, where, you know, we uh, lost the title uh, by one point to, to Manchester United and then uh, 13, 14, Famously, uh, <laughs> the slip and 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 all of that um, at the hands of uh, Mourinho's Chelsea, and then uh, and then City, you know, City uh, beating us to the title there. So, in all of these kind of close run seasons, it it seemed uh, like this was a foregone conclusion, and and obviously Liverpool are so far ahead in a season that is somehow curtailed by a global pandemic. So um, it just feels appropriate. Uh, but no, it, it, it's one of those things where having played nearly, you know, nearly 30 games of a 38 game season, you just have to, you have to look at the fact that, um, you know, if, if Liverpool could win their remaining games, they'd finish on 109 points, which is literally unprecedented. So um, wow. it's just, you're we're you know we we've played this historic season already um and to have it voided and, and just said oh okay well the you know we couldn't finish the season so um the 29 games up to now count for nothing that that just seems so um so much of a of a of a blow to the to the fans um who have obviously you know fans there who have sunk money into into traveling and supporting the team but but fans here who have woken up and and supported the team in the, in those uh those early morning premier league kickoffs especially uh the further west in the u.s you go so um yeah i think it, i i think it's kind of a foregone conclusion it's just it'll be a shame if if there's the 
quote unquote asterisk of uh, of the curtailed season, I guess. Is there? It, I think everything I'm reading is at this point they think the Euros will be tra- will be canceled for the summer. Yeah. And if that happens, is would you think? Again, this is all under the presumption. Within 90 days or so, leagues can restart. Would would there be? Would you want the season to restart at that point, or is is at this point with these fall springs? Do you guys think it should just be that's it? We're done, one way or well, the other. Before we continue, this is the point of the podcast where we acknowledge that I am not the youngest person on the podcast today. <laughs> this is this is a fair this is a fair point, and she climbed off my lap and is picking up her soccer ball. So. And doing that part right, I think. So anyway, um, <laughs> no, you are not the youngest today, Alex. But back to the question at hand. And I'm going to use 90 days as a benchmark. And we, we honestly don't know. Nobody knows. It's pure speculation. But it's part of the fun of doing this. If in 90 days things get going again, because that's what the NBA is talking about already. Do you restart or do you just call it a do you call it a season if you're one of these clubs? I'd, I'd love to be able to finish if if there's a chance um, of that being even feasible. Um, I, I would love to, to see out the season necessarily for Liverpool's purposes of, of, you know, getting 38 games and being able to say we played a full season and, and won the title fair and square, but more so for the race for the Champions League and race for... for um, survival at the bottom i think those are the teams that are most interested in finishing the season out um because with with the close you know the 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 tight nature of these races i think it 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 does do a disservice to some of these teams if we call it now with bournemouth you know level on points with watford and and potentially getting relegated with uh just on on a one goal goal difference having only played 29 games so that's where i think the the urge to finish the season is going to be is going to be the greatest. Which is sure. why I have an idea that maybe the Premier League, maybe some other leagues could do this. It's just an idea, and it would only be for one season. But what they do in Serbia is it's only a sixteen-team league. But in the in the last month of the season, they take the top eight teams and they all play each other once. What if, because this is a special circumstance, we take, say, the bottom eight teams in the Premier Like, if we only have a month to finish the season, take right. the bottom eight teams in the Premier League and maybe take the top ten or whatever it is and play each other. Right. And, yeah, split the table in half, basically. Yeah, like like in Serbia, they cut the points in half so the games are more meaningful. Maybe because everyone hasn't had the chance to play everyone, maybe you'd even do that. Right. That might work. Yeah, right now, and I'm I'm looking at the Premier League table, and right now it's everybody's on 29. It looks like well, a few teams are. Ars- Villa is not. Arsenal, Sheffield United, and City are still on 28 games. Yeah. So I guess I guess some of this does matter because I mean Arsenal give them three points. They're sitting in sixth, which most years doesn't matter. But this year it does. But uh, this year would be put Arsenal City back in the Europa League so. because. Correct. And one thing I did read I thought was interesting was um, that because of the COVID-19 outbreak that the Court of Arbitration of Sport may not be able to hear Man City's appeal. 
So they may be ousted for a off Champions out of that league spot. So <laughs> now that's Phil, yeah. Phil. I know you're a Cubs fan by nature, aren't you, Phil? If I recall yeah. correctly. Yeah. So would it feel Born like the would it feel like the O three Cubs if you if they took the title away from Liverpool? I mean, would it be that level of a gut punch? <laughs> I, it might be it might be worse, honestly. Um, I I just think about I I think about so many moments this season where, um, you know, the team, especially during the stretch where it was like, oh, are they going to be invincible and all this stuff? Um, that wasn't really the concern. The concern, obviously, was keeping Man City from from catching us, which has happened um, twice previously. So uh, the the moments that stick out, obviously the game against City at Anfield um, is a big one. Um, and and Fabinho's goal in particular, like Thunderbolt, all that stuff. But even away at, at Villa Park, um, one one nil down and entering the 80th minute and win it 2-1. Um, those, those type of moments just being invalidated would be like, would be, gosh, I just because of the level of effort, you know, the... Unfortunately, the the 3 Cubs were only in the NLCS for seven games. Um, Liverpool would have you know 29 games of of hurt, with the exception of the the Watford defeat, I guess. So 28 games that they would want back. Um, and uh, gosh, yeah, it would be it it would be devastating, honestly. And I, I want to add one more Liverpool question here, Phil, just because. Sure. And this is really directly towards you. Did that streak do to Liverpool kind of what the streak did to Phoenix Rising? I, I, I know they're two unrelated leagues, <laughs> but you're so focused yeah. on a streak. Yeah. Did it hurt you later on? Um, I think, I think in a weird way, it seems like the winter break as much as as much as Jurgen Klopp, and I think most most fans were were advocates of the idea of, of giving players time and and giving them time off. But I think the winter break hurt Liverpool more than anything. Um. Because for whatever reason, it just kind of stunted their their momentum. Um, they had they had been playing, you know, just well, really finding ways to win. They hadn't been playing that well um, in a lot of games uh, around uh, the festive period, and it kind of felt like, oh, this winter break is gonna is gonna do them good. But it didn't really fit. It didn't really f- do the the trick that uh, it seemed like it might. So. Yeah, I think I think a little bit of the focus um, on the invincible season and all that. I think it's kind of inevitable when when you're a competitor and and some of these you know some of these guys are they they'll they'll never say that they're focused on on stuff like records and all that. But of course they want to immortalize uh, the team that they play for and and the squad that they make up. So I think I think it definitely impacted them. I think. Um, I think a lot of emphasis has been put, you know, obviously with them kind of going out of the Champions League and all that, it a lot more emphasis has kind of been put on it. Um, but I think too, it it's a case of uh, soccer is that type of game where if you uh, where you can go through stretches and still be a very very good team. Uh, and you can go through some stretches that are that are not as good. Um, so I think I don't think it necessarily takes away um, from what they've accomplished, but I I do think kind of the 
the historic nature of the season has probably detracted a little bit from from other uh, from other fronts, but um, I just hope it counts for something now. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't the winter break that killed Liverpool. It was the ten-year-old Man United fan with the letter to club. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's, yeah, a lot of uh, Liverpool Twitter has has focused on the fact that uh, you know ever since that letter got sent, they they've been poor. So um, yeah, I mean maybe maybe it was sabotage. I guess something in the ink or something. <laughs> but no, it's it it's been it's been an incredible season for Liverpool. I just at this point, I just hope they <laughs> I hope they have something to show for it at the end. Well, and I, and I agree. I mean, and we talked about it on on, po- on previous two pods that we've had Alex on it. For for Simeone to do what Atletico Madrid did, yeah. it took the perfect game plan to be executed. I mean, it, there I, to me there was no question. Atletico Madrid deserved to win both games. They they did what they had to do, and but you, that was the only we we talked about. It's like that's the only way you're going to beat Liverpool, and it took. It took him playing flawless. Realistically, it took a flawless performance. And yeah, the I I think the interesting thing about the away leg, and not to derail this into a Liverpool focused podcast at all, but the I think the interesting thing about about the the um, the match at Anfield is that it it literally took um, each individual from Atletico Madrid playing at at kind of a their highest level and and particularly you know Jan Oblak cuz he makes nine he saves. He was insane. He makes nine saves in the game and it's not they weren't all straight at him or anything like that. He was he was incredible. So um without him it, it could have been an absolute, you know, beat down the other direction. So um so yeah, I it I I give credit certainly to to Madrid's squad um, cause those players absolutely like played their hearts out to even be in the game, um, to take it to extra time. Cause a lot of other teams in world football, and that's including some of the, some of the best squads, like the Juve's, uh, Real Madrid's Barcelona's like could have been like five nil down at some point in that, in that game. Um, and, and at Letty, just, uh, just hangs in there. Um, they they absolutely refuse to be beaten, despite the fact that maybe the performance, um, they they could have been beaten soundly on a on a different day, but they they absolutely rose to the occasion. Well, and that's like you've watched, and Alex, I know you have too. We've we've all watched enough NCAA games. When you get an upset, you've got a, the the team that does the succeeds with the upset has to play the perfect game. And the and the t- the favorite has to be off, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened. Yeah. And yeah. oftentimes, then, just the way the tournament works, if you have a really big upset, then you have to go up against a bigger team again. So that's why, especially in that kind of like, that's why you see cup runs in soccer. I'd say more. Right. Because it's random, so you could be a whatever fifth division team and then get lucky by facing a bunch of league two teams in a row whereas if you if you if you if you beat the number two seed in the first round great then you have to pick, play the uh three seed right sure yeah no there's no question about that um it's just it's interesting to kind of put liverpool in perspective so okay so we're fair we're good with liverpool um i think in the rest of the big leagues in europe 
PSG is up 12. Do you hand them a title? I mean, how, how do you fit with that? That's the only other one in question to me. And yes, you are talking. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't really see them not winning the title, but it's close enough that I don't know how many games they have left. So there are four games clear, I'm assuming. And I don't see them blowing the title away, but just because it's, yeah, so they have 10 games left in their season. So, I don't know. They would yeah. need six wins. Sure. And and that's the only, and that's the only one I really have quite, yeah, they're 27, they're sitting on 27 games, looks like most of the rest of them are 28. It, there's the only one I would say, have you have any argument where you could give them a title? But Germany, Italy, and Spain are all what one or two points. Those yeah. you can't give a title. Yeah, yeah, two points in Spain, and um, now four points in in Germany. So a little more stratified, but not not really at all. Especially you know, it, I. I think it gets tough too with the with these Champions League places because like, um, you know, you could you could say I guess you know in in France like PSG and Marseille, you know, Marseille six points above Rennes, but then you know, Rennes and Lille separated by a point from in that third spot. So it's like, you know, who's who's missing out on Champions League if we call it now? Um, on one point with with ten games to go, it's the it's just so tough to to make that call. And then you look at Germany, so you've got Bayern, Dortmund, and then Leipzig, and then Mönchengladbach and Leverkusen. They're right. all within eight points of each other. Yeah. So you'd have Leverkusen missing out on the Champions League by two points. Right. That seems kind of harsh to me. If it, there's no idea how long this is going to take, but if you have enough time, what's stopping them from having those five top teams who are all within touching distance of the title play each other once or twice? Right. But it really all depends on how long this gets resolved and when they decide to start the Champions League as well. Right. Because normally it's starting in July. Oh, that's true. You're right. You're you're already in the first qualifying leg or whatever, where you get like the champion of San Marino against the champion of Gibraltar or some stuff like that. Right. <laughs> Which those so games, when those games you can find them streaming, to me they're they're as entertaining as anything. Realistically. Remember when the uh, when the Lincoln Red Imps from Gibraltar beat Celtic? Yeah. In the first yeah. leg. In Gibraltar. <laughs> yep. Yep. That uh, that's something that's fascinating. Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Liverpool connection coming back again. But that's something that's really fascinating to me too. Is you know the Champions League being the kind of the highest highest risk, I guess, uh, competition in terms of um, pandemic uh, rules. So you know people crossing borders and having to travel um, across Europe. It's like when does that get started again um does it get started in the 90 days you know and even and if so like what happens to this year's champions league well and, uh, and i guess and i guess i apologize I, I guess i'm using 90 days as a probably a best case scenario and the only reason why i'm using that is right. because the nba came out today and it was in communications between the league their owners and the players union 
they said that's the the number of days to be ready for at a minimum. And that's why right. I'm kind of using that as a benchmark for, for speculation. I guess I hadn't even thought of the Champions League. I, I guess I kind of just like, at this point, would you just abandon it? I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I can't see a way that they finish the Champions League and all of the domestic leagues um, from yeah. the season in the time that they have. It just seems seems like too much to be Everything able to Everything really do. depends on at what, how long is it going to take before its p- games are playable again? Like, is it going right. to be eight weeks? Is it going to be ten weeks? Nobody so, knows. And, right. and as, as more, it, to me, but it's that's kind of the fun of the discussion is, what what if it was you what would you do when it gets started if it's in a reasonable time obviously if the pandemic goes long enough everything gets abandoned i mean that's just kind of how it is right and then the question come, we come back to is who should win and we've kind of said premier league we've got that uh, league on maybe the rest of them you just don't have a champion i guess so let's just say europe the European Europa League, the Champions League have to be abandoned. So um, going into next year, like I said, in the in the, even the Bundesliga, four points. Uh, I and they're the one. This is the only one I've actually seen any sort of plan on is the fact that the the Bundesliga is talking about there being no champion. And what their plan was is because is instead of relegating teams is not relegating anybody but bringing four teams up and doing a 22 team league next year now i would be under the presumption that in terms of europe for 21 or for 2021 would be where you are now as much as we talked about it would suck if you're you know if you're um leverkusen versus you know um you know leverkusen getting hosed but that's kind of how i would think it would be is where you are now that's life. Would there be? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there any other? Is there any other equitable solution if if everything else just gets abandoned? I mean, I I like the uh, I I do like the Germany um, that that Germany kind of idea of of kind of freezing freezing things and then but no one the negative effects are not felt. Um, I guess if that makes sense um, because. If you if you don't relegate anyone based on that, then you can kind of the rest of it. Obviously, yeah, it's kind of it's obviously Bayer uh, Leverkusen kind of hard done by if they you know if they miss out on the Champions League. But for teams, they are like, going to win the Connect Four Champions League, though. I think. <laughs> I don't know. I've been seeing it. they've been taking. Uh, they did lose taking, to Hull City. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I think they lost again to Aston Villa today. So oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. It's not looking good for Bayer in the uh, Connects Four table, but um, but no, I think like teams like Dusseldorf or Werder Bremen and Paderborn at the bottom of the table, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna look at this as kind of a gift. Um, yeah. If if they get frozen, and then obviously too, like if you normally you know if you normally automatically promote the top 2 um looking at the the second bundesliga table you know it's armenia bielefeld like would would come up as as champions and they're 6 points clear at the top so i mean they they would likely i guess be in the automatic promotion places as would stuttgart so that's um but if you bring up two more teams uh you get hamburg and and then heidenheim in fourth and i think you get kind of a 
wild Bundesliga next <laughs> next year with the 22, obviously, yeah. versus an 18 teams uh, season. So I think I think if you kind of provide that um, stability to the teams who are in trouble right now, um, and you don't send anyone down based on based on the uh, results of this season, I think I don't know. I think that probably makes the most people happy. Sure. Um, I, I think if you're DFB, you're hoping that Hamburg get promoted again. Yeah. And they're, <laughs> oh, sitting, sure. they're sitting in third place right now. Yeah. And, of course, Stuttgart, another one, who they probably want to get promoted again because they yeah. won the league 11 years ago, they are sitting in second place. So if you're the DFB, you're thinking, all right, here's a really – justifiable way we can get um vfp Stuttgart and humble guys val back in the league yeah. next season <laughs> well, and, and, and uh, <laughs> as a uh the team i follow in germany is dinamo dresden and since they're propping up the second bundesliga table right now the idea of no relegation for a year is uh quite quite enticing <laughs> And as I'm looking at this, I, and I'm kind of going through all of them because I'm curious with all of the all the, the, the at least the big five in right. La Liga, Syria. Now I'm looking at like the Premier League. You have three teams that go up, three teams that go down. In mm. theory, because there's only two guarantees, if the if everything is scrapped, the way I'm looking at it, because there's a playoff for that third promotion spot, would you? That was where you could argue, hey. We're just going to bring two teams up. The two guaranteed spots, the playoff is canceled because that would be the where you get it. And what so, and if I, you started the Premier League season with a playoff with the playoffs? What if you started it with Fulham, Brentford, Forest, and Preston? Well, and the challenge that comes in though is your roster is not the same that you finished with the previous season, which would True. be your playoff roster. But if they and, just like kept the transfer window open just one time until January thirty first. Whenever they do start it, hmm. <laughs> because they don't really have a full active window. No, and that's thing. And but that's the actual questions is, and, and I'm looking at it like I said in Germany, you could argue, hey, the two teams that are automatically promoted get promoted. The team that has to go in the playoff, we didn't get to play it. You don't, you don't get that. You know, if you're going to do two teams, and the same with, uh, um, I believe is. Um, I think League One has the same thing has a as a playoff, and the other ones have. I know La Liga has a playoff in um, in in the B, and and I I believe Serie B does too for the last play for the last promotion spot. So really, you could just make the argument of taking all those leagues to twenty two or you know twenty two teams and just say no playoff. That team gets to hold on. That's just their luck this year. I mean it. As you look at it, is there really going to be anything more of an equitable solution at this point? Yeah, I I think I mean, especially looking at the championship, like, um, and the Premier League. I think if it, you know, if you can't finish the season, um, then you take it to twenty-two and just bring up bring up Leeds and West Brom, and then you can. Because the the championship then and the Premier League would be equal on twenty two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you relegate. I'm not sure if you bring the cha- championship back up to twenty four and bring two League One teams up. I don't know. It, it 
it obviously has effects all the way down the pyramid, but um, sure. At but, which point I'd feel really bad for Preston because this is the best chance they've had in a long time to get back to the top <laughs> flight. And then it's just taken true. away. True. Yeah, with no playoff and that yeah. Gosh. It it, it is such a it I, I do so not brutal. envy it's probably one of the one of the few times that I don't envy the executives who have to make these decisions. Um because I would say most of the time their life is quite easy. Sure. Um, in the way things are organized to make. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and right now there's, yeah, this is, someone is getting, is going to get screwed, um, in, in how this plays out. And it's, I guess it's just a matter of whether you, um, and I, and make... I feel, and I feel like the, when they're, the way they're going to have to look at this, unfortunately, like I said, champions are what champions are. You can, that's not going to be. You could take your prize money and and for your champions and just pool it out however you want to do it. Sure. But it's the it's the teams that are coming up that are going to have they're going to look at it and try and sue their way in as and the one I look at right off the top of my head I keep thinking is if if they were to say you know what we're just not doing promotion and relegation this year we're just going to start the season over so on and so forth Leeds is going to be the one that would sue first. Yeah. I don't know why I think <laughs> that I just that crosses my mind. Um, and I guess then, so I mean, like I said, the spots for Europe, you can make the argument, hey, the table's frozen. We didn't finish that. That is what it is. But it's the promoted teams and the relegated teams, because the relegated teams are going to say, hey, we hit we didn't get enough games to truly be relegated. And the promoted teams are going to say, hey, we should be promoted. That's why I, I keep thinking at it, looking at it, the argument of limited Limited, nobody gets relegated, but we, and maybe a, lim, a little more limited promotion, but you promote and you expand those leagues in the next season. I don't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is the U.S. Open Cup. Um, is that going to be gone, you guys think? Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I th- I, I, especially I with MLS, going to be MLS and USL, they're going to do it squeeze yeah. those seasons as well there's gonna they're gonna need to play mls and usl don't tend to play midweek games very much as european yeah. leagues do sure. but now they're gonna have to play midweek games and there's not gonna be much room for the open cup and it, it, that go ahead sorry phil oh i was just gonna say the usl championship uh started getting um or trying to get friendly with with english championship clubs this year and i think now they're gonna <laughs> inherit a similar schedule to the ridiculous 42 game season that uh that the championship plays uh <laughs> in England. I think I think USL is going to be playing three times a week um to try to to try to squeeze the season and if they can um I think the only I think the only hope for the Open Cup is to kind of a return to the pre-MLS days if you will um where it was essentially a an amateur cup. Um, well, all those teams would be down to quit their domestic leagues pretty much for a year to do that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But also, well, the USL League One should not have any issues. It should be said because they yeah. only have a twenty-one game schedule. Right. I know, but I believe USL has already come out and said. I don't know if it was just Championship. And Phil, you'll know more about this. Was it just Championship that said they're not participating, or was that all of them? Uh, championship, and I think it's still reportedly. I'm not sure that it. I'm not sure that they've come out and said officially that they're not going to play. Um, but I think the Open Cup is now kind of assuming that 
um, that USL championship teams are not going to are not going to participate. And I would presume if they do it, then MLS probably won't be far behind if they're if not yeah. ahead of them, honestly. Yeah. And well, they, and I think I think tonight uh, a Sounders player just tested positive for COVID. So. Oh, really? Which so, one? Um, I have to find it again. But I just before we started talking, um, I saw something, and and obviously that has impacts on USL as well. Because if there's oh, any a staff member, I see. Oh, it was a staff member. Yeah, not a player. My bad. Um, but yeah, so, um. I think, yeah, I think the the Open Cup is is probably shot. the The upside, though, is I mean, I like the idea of if it does carry on and just lower league teams participate, um, like D three and below, um, but maintain the uh, maintain the uh, Concacaf Champions League spot for it. Oh yeah, that would be for Madison in the Champions League yeah. next year. <laughs> Let's go. That would be incredible. You know, and, and as awesome as that, I, I love that idea, Phil. But could you see, like, as it got close, like, is it North Dallas FC or whatever? North Texas North FC? Texas. Having also mysteriously a whole bunch of players on loan from <laughs> FC Dallas. Come, although then again, although then again, based on when we started recording today, FC Dallas doesn't exist either on Twitter. At least on Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter, yeah. <laughs> <I saw that. laughs> they went the way of Red. They went the way of the Red Stars apparently. So, and they don't exist either. Um, I think. Uh, well, does North Texas FC? Uh, I guess they they probably can't. Uh, play in the Open Cup because of their um, affiliation or whatever. So the that's true. That's true. They are in recent in recent years they've uh, stopped them from from playing in the in the Open Cup. So they may not be eligible. So how would that affect Fort Madison, who has that relation? Also, but it's not. That's and Bar- like and Barrett goes on. And Barrett goes on loan to Fort Madison for a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the Chicago Fire, Chicago that, Fire North. Um, in the yeah, for the North Texas, and then for the other ones, which are they're owned by the team essentially. Sure. Right? Instead of um, just being affiliated, sure. Like Minnesota last year with Ford Madison, and this year with Chicago Madison, it's really just a loan partnership. Whereas if you take Rio Grande Valley FC, their relationship with Houston, they own the team and I, they share facilities and share players as well. I thought Rio Grande Valley was separate ownership, but it, or is it separate? Is it to get, mm-hmm. Phil, you know more about this than I do, but yeah, I know there's so, a different, theirs was a wonky relationship, if I recall correctly. They, I believe, they, aren't they going independent next year? They reportedly are they do have new ownership um that was the oh, big, that was just the, the first thing i thought of but um so no yeah you you're absolutely right that they were i mean they were fully uh you know a houston dynamo um farm team as you know the two team um same ownership they, same they, were they same ownership i see i always thought they were different ownership but they were sharing management systems or something like that they had a, a unique relationship versus being a straight two team. Yeah, right? and but now uh, Ron Patel has come in, um, who was a member of New Mexico's setup, I guess, um, and he's uh, he's taken taken full ownership of RGV, and it does look like um, starting next season they'll be 
they'll be an independent um, USL club, and they're kind of setting up for that. Um, still not a hundred percent that the, I I think they'll still have some relationship with with Houston, um, but probably closer to what Madison has with with the Fire um, sure. rather and, than what it is now, which is you know a full a full two team. And and it wasn't and it was a hybrid. It was a hybrid affiliation. Uh, the Dynamo were responsible for the op- soccer operations, players, coaching staff, but the ownership group was responsible for everything else. Right. So, so the, essentially, run by owners. it was it was different ownership, but run by the Dynamo, and that yeah. they're kind of moving away from that. But yeah, it was essentially with, uh, like a minor league baseball um, sort of thing, where um, the marketing and and ticket sales is handled by the. Uh, affiliate but you know all of the players are paid by the the parent mm-hmm. so so we're to that um other than that there's really not a whole lot of good news in soccer i mean i said I, <laughs> it was interesting it was interesting to check my kuju all weekend and see like a brazilian um second or third a state level brazilian game with 1200 viewers or 1300 yeah. viewers as opposed to 30 it was right. it was the most viewers <laughs> I've ever had, I've ever seen when I've been watching a, a Zvezda game. Because I try and watch them when I can sometimes. They're one of the teams I like to watch. And I've never seen a thousand viewers watching them before in the U.S. Right. So that was a little odd. But even, but like I said, I mean, now they're shutting down. Liga MX is shutting down. I guess A-League's going to keep going, but I mean, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, so not a lot of soccer to watch. What are you guys doing? I mean, where do we go from here? I mean, I've still been sort of doing soccer-related stuff in some ways, even though there has been no major leagues. Like, obviously, as I mentioned, I was watching some of the Serbian League, and then that was just one game, though. Um... With my club team, who's had our season suspended right before the end, we've been doing Pro Clubs, which is the most underrated game mode on FIFA, I've just got to (laughs) say, where you control one player. And we've been playing that quite a bit. We got all the way from Division 9 to Division 5 this weekend. Nice. And then a bit of Football Manager as well. So what's the what's the career that you've got going on on FM right now? I'm doing Chelsea. Just I started a new one this weekend just because I've been missing Chelsea, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I don't blame you at all for for that. I I always play the like a like a Liverpool save at the when I first get the game. That's like test things out because I know Uh, the players really well. Yeah, that exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a. I mean, I mean. TJ, for me, it's like it's still all soccer. It's just virtual forms, I guess, <laughs> like FIFA, and, <laughs> FIFA and FM. Um, but yeah, it's been um, it's a little weird. We're we're trying to to think of um, ways to kind of keep content going too for the for the podcast. So um, for seriously Loco, at least, like we're looking at just doing. Uh, uh, remote, obviously, but but player um, interviews and kind of recording those and and getting those out. So it it gives us a little bit of time to get a little more in depth um, with the the person 
um, rather than, you know, specifically talking about results and all that, we can talk about um, the career and, and kind of the journey that, that brought them out to El Paso and, and all that. So we're trying to do, trying to do that side of things, but then, yeah, I've got, I've got a, a Brentford save on FM that I've, that I've uh, been tweeting about cause um, they play some attractive football in, in the championship. And so I'm trying to, trying to replicate that and then, take them to the take them to the premier league but well they'll we'll be missing out on a shot at promotion this year too yeah yeah that's what it seems like it and it's it it's too bad because i really do i really do love their their brand of football though i i feel like they they'd probably go a little the way of norwich um if they got to the to the premier league because they are very much a all-out kind of attacking team and they might not might not survive that well <laughs> once <laughs> if you move up a level um but no it, all the i don't know we're all i think everybody's just looking for that looking for that way to kind of fill the void because uh, i'm yeah. realizing now what what a big part of my life live sports makes up <laughs> uh, yeah you don't realize it until it's gone yeah <laughs> And then speaking of Brentford, I I have like one significant memory of Brentford, and that was when I was in fourth grade and I was still living in London. Um, my soccer coach slash PE teacher was playing for Staines Town, who were at the, that time in the sixth division in England, and they made a really nice FA Cup run. They got all the way to the first round proper, okay. and they played they played Brentford, but. They lost five nil. Oh but no! I I, re- I remember watching like soccer Sunday or whatever it was, just like trying to figure out what was happening in that game, and that that was that was fun. So yeah, he started against Brentford, played ninety minutes. That's amazing. So yeah. So, so we're doing so we're video games. I guess for me for video games I have um. Crawley Town going in FIFA 20 right now. I've been promoted once. I'm in League One right now. And um, I have Matt Polster from the fire on there. I still have um, <laughs> Luca De La Torre. De La Torre. Him in. Um, yep. Designed him over. Um, that's kind of when I, when I take these teams, and I've done it with um, FC Carl, Carl's Lights Jenna from Bundesliga. Uh, three and and when I got them, what I do is I go look for like Americans that are. I down always Americans like <laughs> with Carl Zeiss Jenna. I, I took Georgie Mihalovic and made him worth like I two or three million and sold Mihalovic him for some reason <laughs> because he, he's like the one fire U.S. player who has high potential. Yep, so and, I always yeah, sign him. And then and then because this club was it was build the budget, so I've pretty much I'm selling everybody off and just building through. Uh, through you through the youth system, and I've you know already got a couple guys who are worth like a million five or two million. It's kind of fun. Um, FM manager I picked up last night, although as Phil FM noticed, I'm having manager. I or <laughs> F, FM twenty, sorry FM twenty, which shows you how really uncool I really am. Um, picked it up last night, and I cannot get it to work for the life of me because I bought it on I bought it off Sega's website. Or the FM twenty what the the FM website, 
but never did Steam, and now I can't get the two to work. And yeah, you just gotta buy it off of Steam. <laughs> you know, I don't now. I don't know what to do because I've already spent the fifty bucks. Am I gonna do I, I? I'm not gonna get that money back, so I'm not gonna go spend a hundred bucks on it. So I gotta figure something out with that one. Um, so beyond that, I think for me. Like I said, I've I've had, I've had the WWE Network for a few years, and I get I get made fun of for that all the time. But I'm telling you, if you've watched wrestling at any point in your life, this is a good time to invest in it because there's so much content on on there. Even <laughs> I, I, like I said, I watch it. I don't even watch it full time now. But going back and watching old pay per views, going back and watching ones I remember as a kid. Um, then they have some of these shows that they have like it's table for three. It's like get three people and let them talk for a half hour. And you get some amazing content, some amazing stories being told by some of the legends. So for me, that's kind of where um, I got to give Disney Plus a ton of credit. And I know yeah. neither of you deal with that. I am up to three times watching um, Frozen 2 already since it came out <laughs> yesterday. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I anticipate that'll be a lot more. Yeah, that's um, if they would just step up and just get the last Skywalker out or the Rise of Skywalker, then we'd be all good. I mean, or start the Mandalorian early, but... <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> Disney Plus is is my friend because ESPN Plus, Lord knows they have. Well, is there anything any? I mean, I suppose the thirty for thirties, the boxing archive, the UFC archives won't be bad. Yeah, but they've kind of given up on everything because last night they were supposed to have the W League semifinals on, and it took them fifteen twenty minutes into the game to get that streaming. Oh, and people really? ESPN Plus and. They're getting nothing. Yikes. So, I mean, it's like, hey, this is a chance for live sports. Number one, first question is, why didn't you move it to ESPN or ESPN2? Because you got nothing going. And number two, the next question is, if it's not working, did you send everybody home already? I, You know, it's kind of yeah, <laughs> one of those things. Um, so, Alex, are you guys doing a lot? Are you doing Twitch then, or are you guys just... We... We've been playing just ourselves. I don't know. We've been talking about maybe just putting it up on Twitch now that we're in Division 5. So I think we're in like the top 10% of teams now. So I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. I have. I set up the Twitch account. So yeah, we might do that. We didn't know yet. Did you, did you set it up for as much um, for that? Or are you setting it up just getting ready for the Red Stars this coming season once it gets started? <laughs> Um, well, I guess it's a good thing to have for that. True, to be honest. But yeah, um, that, yeah. And as for the mini Van Dad Pod, that's kind of what we're, the next two weeks I actually have lined up pretty well. I have um, uh, Maggie Zubek, from, who's the head of Local One Thirty Four. We're going to talk some, and Alex, you're more obviously more than welcome to come on. We're going to talk about Local One Thirty Four, the Red Stars, and kind of get. I don't know how much we can get into because again, we don't know what's going to happen from here. And the next week, I have uh, my buddy Michael Bozio coming on, and he's a referee out in Phoenix. And I'm also—I've been a referee off and on forever. We're going to talk referee stories, and we might even bring in another referee as well, and just talk about being what being a referee has, how it's changed over the years, so on and so forth. So again, like like you, Phil, it's like we're trying to find content and just go some unique directions, but have yeah. some fun at the same time doing it, and. I, no, if you've ever sat around a bunch of referees, the stories can go on forever about games and <laughs> things, people you've thrown out, parents you've seen. So if you ever see 
that embarrassing parent in the game, Alex, I guarantee that referee story comes up somewhere down the line. I can guarantee you. See, Having my uh, hey, my, I, I, this is this is probably some referee story somewhere. We had my coach is Serbian. He swears a lot in Serbian, and we once had a Serbian referee <laughs> who gave him a red card. Yep, I've seen it. I've <laughs> my Spanish is non-existent for the most part, but I got sworn. I can I know every swear word in Spanish, and Lord knows if I hear it, I <laughs> I deal with it. No, I do, but I I know Mike. I'm sure will tell this story when we do do this pod that he almost. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time showed up at a tournament him and I were refing, and she started poking fun at me, who was on the who was an assistant. He was in the middle. He nearly ran her. <laughs> he told her to go stand by the tree line, leave us alone, <laughs> because the game before we threw the coach out. So, you know, it, and like I said, referee stories are always hilarious. So, I, and I think there's a lot of content to be had with that. Just even like I said, talking about how the rules have changed, how. The parents have changed. The coaches have changed. The level of what you let them say has changed, and just even just all that kind of stuff. I think so. That'll be. I'm looking forward to that one. That one will be in two weeks. Um, got some other things up my sleeve in there too. Probably bring back Chris and Pat at some point and let them. If but by then we could all be bored to tears and just talking um, FIFA and FM. So <laughs> no, I'm back to that one too because I know when it comes to those games, you you seem to have the video game corner. You know. I don't know. I, I, with everything coming up, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like they said, but I'm, I'm just like I need to talk soccer and talk about something with every somebody. So, I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. That's for darn sure. Um, yep, no problem. Of course. <laughs> no, it, was, it, it it's fun to talk about the, um, I guess the different kind of contingencies that that could come into play, and um, obviously. We're all we're all just finding our our own ways of coping with uh, with how this is going to play out. So uh, hopefully live soccer is back sooner rather than later. But hopefully they're also smart about it. So that's the the hard and, truth that we're having to deal with. And and I guess I, I I should ask this question a lot earlier, and I'm going to throw this one at you both now. Is which leagues have you looked at and gone gone? What the hell are you doing? And which ones have you gone? All right, you guys, you guys have figured it out early. I mean, are there any ones that you looked at specifically and went, huh? And other ones that you're like, yep. Like, why are you still playing or something? Yeah, like, why are you still playing? What are you guys thinking all the way through? Yeah, I mean, just like an in- incoherent message, for lack of a better term, versus decisive action. And I guess for me, I. The NWSL, the MLS, USL, they figured it out right away. And I think like, done... there wasn't even any cases in American soccer yet. And those are all already precautionarily suspended, which yeah. is smart. And they, and they were given a big push when the NBA did it. And Whereas we talked the Premier League were obviously waiting for someone to get it. They waited till Arteta and Hudson Odoi got it before, <laughs> yeah. before suspending. Yeah, the Premier League is definitely one where it's like, yeah, I think they were a little a little late to the to the party, but I think Mexico is the one that I look at where I'm just like, why why is this still yeah. happening? Like I get it's behind closed doors and everything, but like everybody else in the world pretty much has suspended play. Like what is taking so long? Is there a so, business? I mean, 
is Mexico, I guess it's two points. Number one, they haven't had the outbreak yet. They will. I mean, right. I presume like they, everybody they else. They did cancel the Olympic qualifying, which was in Guadalajara. Right. And then the other is, um, at some point, do you look at it as a business decision going, hey, everybody else is canceling. This is our chance to shine. In front. And it's, it's That was the XFL at first, and then they realized they really couldn't. No, yeah. when they when they had a player that was tested positive as well, yeah, um, you know it, it 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 is unfortunately people do see it that way. It's more where can I capitalize? I mean, Lord knows the dude in Tennessee who had what seventeen thousand dollars worth of hand sanitizer he was going to sell on eBay and Amazon, and then <laughs> he got shut down. Yeah. They, they wouldn't let him do it. But you get people who tried who do try that, and it's it's sick. It's morbid. But if you're I could see some people wanting to do that, unfortunately. So um, I guess for England seemed like the more the what what are you guys doing versus even Mexico, who hasn't had an outbreak. England's had it. That's right. why I was kind of more surprised that they decided they even talked about playing into the weekend. Um, I guess Australia is a little curious as well. The fact that they're still going. Yeah. Doesn't their prime minister have it? <laughs> or something that was or Brazil. That was pro- Brazil's I mean, Tom, president, yeah. I mean, the one, some Hanks, prominent Australian official has it as well. Tom Hanks got it in Australia. In Aust- <laughs> Tom Hanks got it in Australia. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Few other things that have been going on, I guess. So first, Alex Mendez, Richie Ledesma, and Uli Lanes were Twitch streaming Fortnite for like an hour. That was pretty great. <laughs> Um, there's this website, someone tweeted it out, um, yesterday, so if anyone wants to check it out, it's called Footballia, and it has full online football matches from the 50s until 2020, and it has full games, so there's a lot of U.S. games to choose from. Yesterday, I was watching a game from the 95 Copa America. So they have all kinds of stuff on there if you just want to watch some classic matches. This and... is insane. I just <laughs> I just looked at this is yeah. ridiculous. Oh and God. then it literally took a global pandemic wiping out all American sports for the Chicago Tribune to finally carry out US soccer. They had almost a full page about the president situation yesterday. <laughs> I suppose there's that too, but I really it, there's nothing good to talk about with that. I, other than I feel like U.S. soccer is kind of, I want to say, kind of getting what they deserve at this point um, with the gross incompetence. But we'll kind of leave it as that. Um, NW, if you're NWSL, if you look at their season schedule from 2019 season, every game I believe you can look. At, if you go into the game, like each individual game, you can watch full games there. Um, that's one thing I found the other day. Unfortunately, like I said, ESPN plus puts a, puts kind of like a cap on how far back they'll let you go, but I haven't tried checking YouTube. I wonder if there's some old games on YouTube you could find when USL was prominently covered on you on, on YouTube. Yeah, there, there are some, some old school, um, USL games still, still kind of archived on there. Uh, I guess then, I guess maybe then I'll have to go back and watch the, the Riverhounds, um, Harrisburg game where, River they have some one. original NASL games, a couple soccer balls. So right. those are really interesting to watch. Yeah. 
So right. I mean, I, so yeah. I guess there is if if you're really that stuck, there are some old games to watch. You can definitely do that. Um, video games, like I said, it, it, pretty much FM20 and, and uh, FIFA. And what are you playing, Alex? What's the one you got going? Um, FIFA 20. It was it Pro oh, Clubs, Club. which is in Clubs. FIFA. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's why yeah. it's five. You got five individual players on a team. I gotcha. I did that once on NHL, and that was kind of weird. Um, being a first-round pick of the Avalanche and then getting sent down to Erie right away. So. <laughs> no, but we're playing, like, with our club. We can customize it, so we still call it Chicago Stars, and we all have our names and oh, likenesses cool. in the game. And we're all playing as ourselves, and it's sort of like how Ultimate Team used to be, where you work your way up the divisions, except you're playing as your club, and you're all controlling one player. Oh, that's cool. I I tr- I've I tried Ultimate Team. I don't get it. Can somebody explain that one to me? I really I've tried. I just I just can't figure that out. <laughs> it's a it's a scam. It's I hate pretty, Ultimate Team. It's pretty pay to win. <laughs> like oh okay. Yeah. So just so stick with picking a club way down the table and building them up that way. On yeah, I was doing I- Argentina League earlier this year. It's pretty mm-hmm. nice with what they did with the Copa Libertadores. That's right. That yeah. just came out. That, yeah. yeah, that just came out. Yeah. It's really fun. The annoying thing is, yeah, you can play as the teams from like Bolivia and stuff, but mm. you can only play the tournament. You can you can't start a career mode as the Bolivian team or whatever. Right. You can only play the tournament. Which oh, is because, a bit oh, okay. And you they can't don't like, have the license, you can't think. create a custom tournament or anything in that mode. You have to just play the Copa Libertadores mode. But hopefully in FIFA 21, they'll have maybe all the South American leagues. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. But has, I've seems seen like FIFA, they're going that way. It seems like it. But I've seen FIFA add leagues and drop leagues. I mean, actually drop them full leagues in there yeah. too, haven't they? And can, it, it really frustrates me that after they added the Champions League, they said, <laughs> we're going to have every Champions League group stage team in. And for the last two seasons, Zvezda have qualified for the group stage, yet they have not added them to the game. <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to take? The know. only team in the Champions League that isn't in FIFA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, be- they beat Liverpool, too. Exactly. In Serbia. So. The year they won the Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so is it fair to say, Phil, kind of bring it back to Liverpool, bring it full circle here. When we start... Way back in the fall, Pat, Chris, and I were talking about it. We we both said we actually thought Man City. Now, I like I said, I think the Champions League might be dead uh, dead all the way through. We both said we all said we think Man City's going to win the Champions League and Liverpool would win the Premier League because that was where the focus was. Like because right. Man City had won the Champions League or the Premier League, they were going to really focus on the Champions League and your and Liverpool being the opposite. Yeah. That seemed like it was a pretty fair assessment, even at even back then. Like the focus yeah. for Liverpool, like as a Liverpool fan, because you won the Champions League, was it more important to win the Premier League than the Champions League? If you had to pick, oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think pretty much every uh, Liverpool fan you speak to would would take the league over the Champions League. Um, I think there came an inflection point in this season where um, once the league was more or less wrapped up, everyone was like, well we can win everything. Um, and that was the greedy side of, of Liverpool fans started to come out where they're like, well, now that we, the league's wrapped up, we should at least do a double, you know, um, and uh, not taking into account that, you know, that's really hard. Um, so 
And then um, Chelsea happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, well, I'm I'm going to say, and I, I hate to put it all on one player's shoulders, but I'll... <laughs> I'll say Adrian happened. Uh, <laughs> not having Allison has really hurt us in in the FA Cup and now the uh, now the Champions League. League. So um, yeah, it's I I do know an Athletic fan who really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it it's uh, he's a different. He was maker he was reason. texting me um, on Wednesday that this is the year like we're gonna win it. Like now that's not gonna happen. Oh, Atleti winning the Champions League? Like, no, they, they, they could be they an outsider, maybe. Like, Chelsea <laughs> in 2012, no one thought we were going to win, honestly. True. Even in the 90th minute of the final, I didn't think you would win. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was... Fair that enough. was, but that no, was that, such a crazy game. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, think, I think it is... Um, I think it, it obviously... It, it kind of went that way, uh, but I think I think it was primarily, um, you know, Liverpool fans certainly focused just because of the, um, the the drought in the league. So not dissimilar for, from from Cubs fans who obviously you know were uh, thirsting for the World Series uh, for so so long. Obviously, thirty years a lot less than 108 but um but the, and i'm gonna the say this quite year. boldly like soccer is my favorite sport yeah. but when the cubs won the world series i think that was the best sports moment honestly for me like yeah. even though soccer is by far my favorite sport <laughs> <laughs> yeah it it i don't know that there's something that carries the generational weight of of the cubs world series like like it it had that feel where i mean my grandfather hadn't seen the Cubs win a World Series in his lifetime. So like, that there was... were only a couple dozen people alive who were alive <laughs> when the Cubs won the World Series last. So I think that I think that added a certain amount of weight where when the Cubs won the World Series, it was some it wasn't just something that you enjoyed as a fan. It was like, like something when the US women won, for family. example. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this is a cool moment. Like this is amazing. This is this is great. The Cubs yeah. winning the World Series was like wow. Was like my grandfather can rest peacefully now. Like sure. that's the level. The only like that's I was going to say the only the only I think equivalent I I can remember for me I mean for me it was being a Packer fan and seeing and seeing them win with Brett you know, you're um, yeah. how many years ago now? But it's really it's the one, the only one I can think of anywhere close to it would have been the sock Sox, both the Red Sox and the White Sox. Realistically, mm-hmm. in terms of that many years, but Cub fans just because they had been how many years not in the World Series to go with it, which I think made the yeah. White the Cubs thing all the more. You know, right. it was always and I've told this story many times for those who know me. My dad was crushed when the Cubs made the World Series because. He could claim he was alive the last time the Cubs had been in the World Series because he was born on Game 7 of oh, the 1945 wow. oh, wow. Series. <laughs> That's amazing. But he's not a Cubs. He's a White Sox fan. So he was always a running joke. He goes, I was born. He goes, man, if they don't, if I could say I was alive for a day when they were in it and never saw him again, I would die a happy man that way. Yeah. But then, the, then the, yeah, then that came, you know, 
so they got their series. But yeah, I mean, realistically, you think of long-suffering fans. Liverpool is harder to put in that category because they've won the Champions League several times. I mean, that was right. Yeah. Well, so, and I think I think that was this this season. Um, you know, this past year, them winning the Champions League uh, changed things for a lot of fans because I would say since. Because I I became a Liverpool fan around the time that they won the Champions League in 2005 um, in Istanbul. So the um, I think for a lot of Liverpool fans, especially now since kind of the um, proliferation of the Premier League and the, and the availability on NBC and and all of that, I think this year this past year was really their first silverware um as liverpool fans um so i think it changed things kind of for a lot of fans because they they don't necessarily they may know about you know they obviously have seen the highlights and and they know about istanbul and and the history and all that but mm-hmm. um, but a lot has changed in the coverage of these teams uh in the premier league since 2005 so uh where At- you could hardly get a game on TV um, on normal any normal cable package. You weren't getting any any Premier League soccer, um, and now it's pretty widely available. So um, I think for a lot of Liverpool fans, this was kind of their first taste of of silverware and something that uh, meant all that much more because it was something that they hadn't really experienced. Because obviously. Um, Liverpool for in the previous decade has been it's been pretty lean. Um, well, and and snake bit. Let's call it for what it is. Yeah, I mean the the Champions League final against Real Madrid was you know Sergio Ramos doing Sergio Ramos things early yeah. on. It was I mean, and it then was tough. <laughs> and then the concussion goals. I mean. It, yeah, that was a tough night. It, yeah, the the slip we talked about earlier. Just yeah. it, it's it's being a Liverpool fan fan really even from from that 2005 on, you got to feel like a bit of a Cubs fan because it was like, when are the wheels going to come off here? Yeah, are we cursed? Mm-hmm. And then honestly, for me, like the only thing that could top the Cubs, it's like. Chelsea won the Champions League, and when that happened, it was crazy, and I remember it vividly. But look at it this way. At that point, I was eight years old, and I had only been a Chelsea fan for three years. So it's not like I had been there my whole life. So the only thing that can top the the Cubs for me is the U.S. winning the World Cup, because that's been literally my entire life, and several decades my parents before i was born right so like that is the only thing that would top it and and And, i and i know and obviously this is before you alex is i do remember 2002 and i remember waking up in the middle of the night to watch those games showing up to work late because we stayed up and having phone conversations and this has got you know oh two so it's the beginning of cell phones minimal text conversations with T9 during these games. Hey, are you up? Are you watching? Did you see that? You know, those type of text conversations because you were paying for every text message then. Yeah. Or phone conversations of two minutes in the middle of the night. Did you see that goal? Oh, my God. And to see 
technology change where you just be texting and tweeting the whole time versus these middle of the night games to Korea. So, and to see that one, <laughs> I've been and see that one is about that. Ended, oh like, my god, that was that was amazing. That was that's the one World Cup I wish I would have been alive for because it just seemed so crazy. Well, it, it was kind of, for lack of a better term, you could say '94, but '02 was really. It, but, because you had to wake up to watch them, you for the most part. The games were at two in the morning, four in the morning. A late game was six in the morning, Central Time, and so it was. How do you plan your night? Do you go to bed early to wake up at two? Do you just stay up and, you know, and go? Do you go to the bars, come back, and just watch the game? I, how did you do it at that point? Versus, you know, since then we haven't had to deal with that. It's been either in Europe, <laughs> South America, and. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, uh, Africa. So I mean, the times, the time difference hasn't been nearly as drastic. And it's so. not gonna be ever in a country like that, at least until 2034, because we've got Qatar, North America, and then 30 is gonna be either in South America or Eastern Europe. So, yeah. Yeah. Those are and the two bids right now. So I mean, it was. It w- that was a different thing, and then you know, '94. I I remember going to games. I was, you know, it was God. I was so '94. I would have been 16. So I mean, it was that was that was go- being so able to go been see like my age, I guess. What's that? So yeah, like you're right. Yeah, I would have been. But going and seeing Jurgen Klinsmann as a player against Spain yeah. in, in <laughs> Chicago, being at that game. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like I remember going to watch Frank Lampard play, and now he's the manager. Sure. Like, that's pretty cool. I can, you know, and I, like I said, and I've, t- and that might be a story is that I, another one I might work on while we're on hiatus here is get some of the old gang back together from the original Section 8 and talk about fire games, going to fire games in, in 1999 and 2000 and so on, 98, 99, and those, because I can remember driving up for Champagne for those. I mean, that's the great thing with soccer, though, really, is you do get stories, you get memories, and now with social media, some of those friends, you're friends with forever. I mean, for years later, because you can still talk to them about the things you did, so... Right. Um, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, thank you guys. We've been at this for almost 75, you know, 75 minutes now, and I appreciate every minute you guys have given tonight. Um, I, I feel like I gotta give you a ton of credit. What Listening to seriously local last year i mean living in phoenix rising was still my usl side but i gotta tell you 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 guys make being with seriously local make it hard not to be a fan that's for darn sure (laughs) i i really appreciate that yeah we're i mean we're trying to get a little more uh el paso obviously has been kind of viewed as as a a stop between san antonio and phoenix basically for the last i don't know forever essentially and uh so we're we're trying to get it viewed as a destination a little more. And, and I think the team is, is doing a good job of, of making that, making that possible. And, and, and being a, you know, a Phoenix rising guy, I can tell you the one thing that we all do, we both agree on is New Mexico is just, well, just run them over anyway. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. It, it is building into a nice, uh, nice rivalry. I'm really excited for when it does get going again because we got that little taste of of the first game of the season and now we now we're gonna have to wait for for the rest of it unfortunately but um but, but yeah hey, it's, 
better better everybody safe than having to deal with anything beyond that so oh, as much as as much as we sour on that we all know we know it's for the right reasons we we understand that fully and yeah. you know no not a problem there um so alex are you going to be okay without chelsea and without the fire and the cat yeah and the cat is because i'll survive <laughs> we have chicago <laughs> stars esports <laughs> <laughs> And when it gets to Twitch, definitely make sure you put that out on Twitter so we can all <laughs> start heckling you on that. So <laughs> just possible, because Lord knows you know we will. Yep. Um, there's definitely that. And like I said, Phil, you're going to have to get me set up on FM20 and so I can go get my tail kicked in that. I will do my best. <laughs> and it is, I, it is. You learn, you learn by failing in that game. Um, it's, it's the way, yeah. the way that it goes. I, you know, it was funny. I, I can, again, going back is playing um, FIFA online. I'm not good, but I, I would still go play online and I'd be getting my brains kicked in four or five, nothing, whatever. Like the guy would be like, most people quit by now. I'm like, yeah, but I'm, number one, I'm not going to get better. Number two, it's not fair to you. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll play it out. <laughs> they were excited. Like, manager, I... you, it doesn't really have a good tutorial. So what I recommend is take a team that you know really well to start out so that you don't need to worry about learning the players and stuff. You just learn how the game works with a team you know really well, which is why I always start the games with Chelsea. All right. I'll have to figure that one out then. I guess see if we can do the fire or something like that (laughs) and go get killed, go get killed that way. Um, Good luck with the uh, MLS uh, roster rules. (laughs) <laughs> really oh, no oh those, no those those you, you don't realize how hard they are until <laughs> you're in like you're a season or two in you just go like oh what did i get myself into so yeah. alex basically what so what you're implying alex is i need your dad who's a tax accountant to help me when we get to that far if you, if you use an mlsd <laughs> pretty much Nightmare. Yeah. I once signed I once signed Sergio Ramos when he was like 37 and then I realized I couldn't fit him into my team. So I had to wave Sergio Ramos. <laughs> well, it saved you a few it's a bunch of red cards though. <laughs> you could sell his discovery rights for $150,000 worth of gam. Worth the Garber bucks, which Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm still one. I'm still waiting for mine because I'm. I've been told I'm an MLS shill, so I'm waiting for my Garver bucks to get paid up. <laughs> it, never, it never seems to happen though. I, 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 you know, I don't get it. So <laughs> the draft is really weird in Football Manager though because they don't have the NCAA teams, so they just have NPSL teams you can choose from. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be it'll be interesting like i said once i get that up and running we'll definitely have to get back together and have if during this break and have have some laughs at my expense i'm i'm all in favor of that i i have no problem being laughed at for being bad at esports in any capacity because i'm a dad of three i don't get the time to play and when i do you know i don't play it on the hardest levels because usually alcohol is involved with it so (laughs) So what's it? So speaking of Alex, I know you can't. You're not. What's in your fridge these days, Phil? What are you drinking? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of stocked up before. Uh, you know, everybody else was going out and grabbing toilet paper, and uh, so I, I grabbed the beer. Um, no, I, there's there's so many good breweries in Texas that it that it makes it. Um, it's it's an embarrassment of riches. Um, sure. But real ale, real ale is a is a go to. Um, good. Uh, 
good distribution despite being a, a independent um, Texas brewery. Um, and then uh, stuff here in town in El Paso that if you're ever in town, Dead Beach Brewing, probably one of my favorite breweries, bar none. Um, and they, they're always coming up with uh, with unique uh kind of stuff but they've got a they've got a classic ipa that i just love to love to get my hands on whenever possible so sure um so that's what i'm that's what i'm rocking for now just uh primarily the ipas but I'll, i'm, I'm kind of open for anything especially in these in these trying times um i'm always always down to to try new uh new beers and stuff so you ever um, make your how often do you make your way up these, these way this way, Phil? These days, um, at least at least once a year, <laughs> at least once a year, um, primarily uh, around the holidays, if anything, because I still got um, siblings in in the Chicago area. So, so yeah, when you come up, we'll definitely set you up with my with my favorite, which is Noon Whistle, and they're still producing. That's my brother in law is a brewer there, so it's, oh, okay. I, I'm yeah, definitely it's, an apologist for them. Absolutely. And then I always keep, and I will say, I always keep a 12-pack of Budweiser in my fridge just because of what they did with <laughs> NWSL at the end of last year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, credit credit where it's due. So they've earned, they've earned my money that way. So, all right, we're at 80 minutes. We're going to call this one. Um, again, thank you to Phil Baki, who's um, from Seriously Loco, Two Red Gringos. Alex is from Classing Up the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. The Minivan Dad Soccer Pod can be found on iTunes, what Stitcher will play, um, and SoundCloud. So Apple Podcasts. I said <laughs> iTunes. I said iTunes. Okay. <laughs> oh, it is Apple Podcasts. You're right. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Final words. Um, I'm taking on Chris's arch nemesis, Google Hangouts, for my e-learning classes this week. Oh, 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 I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot that. My wife has to actually teach, is running the, uh, te- is teaching the rest of her staff to make sure they can all use the Google Classroom for their classes because they are doing distance learning as well starting on Tuesday. So, yeah, same. And, and we, and seeing, I, I'm glad, this is where I'm almost glad I'm going to work, at least until they decide we're not going to work anymore. So, this is going to be it's an interesting time. Gentlemen, again, I appreciate the time. Be safe. Everybody who's listening, be safe. Please follow the directions from the CDC and your local governments and being smart, being safe. If they say don't do it, don't do it. Don't go crashing into everything on New Year's on St. Patrick's Day or whatever. Stay home. Be safe. Be healthy. That gets every, That'll get a soccer sooner, and I'm all about that. So yeah. anyway, on that, on that note, I believe... You're done.